Yo, 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 what's up, people? Dan, Fastest40 here for episode 12. We're here for the dirty dozen of the show. Um, Dan, like I said, I got my man Trey over here as always. The dirty dozen. Yes, sir. Episode 12. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the Fastest 40. If you're a return customer, we love you. If it's your first show, we still love you. Yeah, you're going to love it. It is March 2nd, 2021. This is going to be the year, everybody. Make it your year. Let's get after it, Dan. Let's get hype. 40. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, w.coreysandersdesigns.com. He's got an IG. He's got good content on there. It's at CS Designs Official. Make sure you check this out. Man, he's a full-service creative company. He's offering the videography, the photography, graphic design, web design, and so much more. Basically, he's going to listen to what you have to say about your brand, about whatever it is uh, that you want to market. He's going to put it together in a way that makes the most sense so that uh, your target audience is seeing what you can put down for him. So give our guy Corey a call. Check out his website. He'll hook you up. <clears throat> All right, pregame stretches. We'll get down to the first order of business, Trey. Rockets announced the retirement of number 13 for James Harden. He's still in the league. Why? He's still in the league. Kind of weird. Why would you do that? Guy didn't win a chip. Didn't win a championship. Like you said, he's still in the league. You, I, I, the way I see retirement of jerseys is the guy came to your city. He completely changed the culture of whatever organization you had. He won a championship. He was the guy. If you look at James Harden's time in Houston, he was probably definitely the guy. Also had CP3 there for a, a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, never won a championship. This is uh, very premature, and they did not end on like – Great terms. Like, it wasn't right. like, hey, James Harden, you know, you spent your time here. We're, we're really sad to see you go. We understand you need to go. Kind of like the J.J. Watt situation. Right. That is not the situation with James Harden. This guy gained 57 pounds, <laughs> tried to get out of Houston, did get out of Houston, and it was a weird situation. And I, I'm not sure I understand where the Rockets are at. Yeah, I mean, James Harden definitely jumped on the Krispy Kreme diet in the offseason. Did not look in shape. I mean, he put up a, a fight, basically, to get out of Houston. They did not want to see him go. And he was ready to leave and join up with the super team that is the Brooklyn Nets now. And 100%. I'm not saying that James Harden didn't eventually deserve to have that number retired because he was the guy... Uh, Ever since he got traded from Oklahoma City to go to Houston, he was the main fixture on that team over the course of several different roster makeups, whether it was uh, CP3 supporting him on that roster, Clint Capella 
solid big man who was on that roster with him. You had guys like Dwight Howard, right. uh, Trevor Ariza yeah. at a time. You know, about Dwight. There were other guys that, that were a part of that those teams, and unfortunately they did not have the postseason success. He only went to two Western Conference Finals as a part of that team and got bounced both years against the Warriors. Now they do have some memorable moments where they came back from the 3-1 deficit against the Clippers, but they also blew... A strong lead, a 3-2 lead to go to the NBA Finals with Chris Paul and James Harden. Chris Paul hurts his hand, has to miss a few weeks. I think he broke a thumb or something like that. Has to miss a few weeks. And they totally fell apart when James Harden was the lone guy on the team. I mean, his shooting percentage in that series is atrocious. Um, So, anyway, that's kind of a very focused view of James Harden, of course. But it is premature. 100%. 100%. He's still in the league. I mean, they're going to play the Nets for at least the next two to three years that James Harden is with the Nets. Right. They're still going to see him, and they're going to be hanging his jersey up in the rafters as if he's done and gone. That is weird, man. It's just way premature. It's it's bizarre, for sure. Now, to keep it in the realm of basketball, uh, a record, a world record was set today in the sports card world, which I'm a huge collector of football cards, love football cards, very much into the hobby, even before all the hype that is sports cards today. Um, but Luka Doncic, obviously a phenomenal player. He is a phenom in the basketball world, uh, still under 25 years old, and is racking up accolades year after year. Uh, Putting in the numbers, he's easily the best player on the Dallas Mavericks squad. He is the guy over there, and he's going to be good for years to come. Drawing comparisons to guys like Larry Bird, uh, you know, phenomenal player. He had a basketball card that is a one-of-one, which for those of you who are not familiar with the sports card world, that means it is the only one that was created. It is that the only card in circulation that is the same as that card. So a one-of-one, 2018 National Treasures logo on card autograph card um, the so the logo is the jer- the NBA jersey logo on the jerseys and what gives sports cards increased value is if they have a logo or a piece of jersey with multiple colors something significant that you don't see on other cards basically and the on card auto is separate from a sticker autograph cuz a lot of times they sign like thousands of stickers and just slap it on a card this one is hand signed so it, those things alone increase the value, but this card sold for $4.5 million. $4.5 million. It is the largest recorded sports card sale to date. One card, and it was a record. there was a record set a few years back. Mike Trout, his rookie card, it sold for uh, in the neighborhood of $2 million, I want to say. And this shattered Damn. it. To put that into perspective... Luka Doncic is supposed to make $8.05 million this season. That's over half of his salary for 2020. That's crazy, man. So imagine where the bottom of this, this or the top of this tree starts, right? Some, I mean, I don't know where it started, but some kid opens up this this card and gets this, or opens up a package and gets this card maybe for mm-hmm. 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever on at Wherever you get cards. I sure. don't know. You're the guy. You're the, you're the guy. <laughs> and then he sells it for 500 bucks. Right. That guy sells it for <clears throat> 10 grand or something. Mm-hmm. And that guy sells it for 100 grand. Right. The guy that gets it for, a guy that's got it for 100 grand 
maybe or did they come signed on the card like that? It was signed when it was open from whatever package they got it from. Oh, National okay, Treasures okay, okay. is actually a, an elite level of card. I mean, you got these things come in a suitcase and they're like two thousand dollars to buy oh, okay. four yeah, cards. Forget about the Walmart story then. That's out, that's out the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So this thing I is, was thinking somebody got this this card signed at some signing or something. You no, know this mean? is elite. Okay. level premier sports car like this is not something you can walk into target and see hanging on the shelf you okay. know what i'm saying okay hey but even then outrageous yeah over four million dollars yeah. i mean they could have <clears throat> when the dallas mavericks signed luka Doncic to his rookie deal they could have said hey sign this card and we're gonna give you three and a half million dollars for this year and that would have been equal compensation yeah can you believe that so think about the dude that spent two grand on this fucking card, though. Oh yeah, and straight up cashed out. And who know? And you know, you were on the right track still, though. Where if he had opened that up, maybe he spent two grand on the case. He has four other cards. He's down to sell the Luca card. Sells it for five grand. Then it resells to another collector for ten. Right. And then that accumulate. Can you imagine all the accumulated wealth? Right. generated from just one sports card. Right. And, of course, it was 4.6 mil for that one sale. But the turnover, like you were saying, which is a, an aspect of it I wasn't even thinking about. Damn. That would have been nice. <laughs> the overall revenue generated from one card. All out on two grand just to drop on some cards, but that'd be sweet. Yeah, that'll never be my life. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day, bro. <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see. All right, J.J. Watt, obviously everybody's seen it. Uh, yesterday signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Man says he is chasing rings, but he is not chasing them outside of Arizona because they are not going to find any um, outside of Arizona. In the They're not going to find any <laughs> in, in Arizona. Um, he signed a two-year, $31 million, 20, $23 million is guaranteed. Uh, it sounds like he saw similar offers from the Titans. And then, obviously, um, he saw he's he's seen some old teammates being a D hop. Um, they are re- reunited now. I did just see something earlier that uh, text that he sent to to uh, Kyler Murray. That's his name. That's yeah, the quarterback. That QB out there. <laughs> yeah, that fast guy. Uh, he sent <laughs> uh, sent a text to Kyler Murray that uh, that he believes in Kyler Murray. And that's the reason he went out to Arizona. So that's got to feel special if you're Kyler Murray. Absolutely. And if you're a fan of Arizona, right? You got to be like, damn, like this guy believes in our quarterback. Like everybody, not a lot of people believe in Kyler Murray. Don't think he can come back. Not a lot of people thought he was going to have a sophomore year. Had a hell of a year. Yeah, he did. So uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what JJ Watt's thinking. I thought he was going to go somewhere that was going to for sure compete next year. Yeah. Arizona's on the brink. Don't get me wrong. They're right there. They got. They got some things to figure out, and and when we talked at the end of last year, fixing their defense is part of that part of that their problem that they needed to fix going into to make a push for twenty twenty one season. So I guess this is them making that push, right? So as far as the NFC West, it's obviously strong and pass rushers. You're looking at um, a whole handful of guys, and, and maybe a couple more returning, being Leonard Floyd and and uh, Reddick. Who had that hell of a game with uh, what was it five sacks? Five sacks, yeah. yeah. So, uh, congrats, JJ Watt. It sounds like he's gonna wear the number ninety nine. That number was uh, retired. 
for Arizona Cardinals from somebody that played back in like 1820. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. But uh, <laughs> uh, he talked to the guy's daughter, it sounds like, and she gave the blessing to wear the number. So I don't know how that works as far as the organization letting people wear the number after they retire it, but it sounds like he's got the blessing from the family, so I would assume he's going to wear it which is uh, cool for him to keep his number. Yeah, you know, he's built up that legacy with the number 99 in, in uh, Houston. He's going to want to bring that into Arizona. With We've talked about it before on the show. These guys, they're superstitious, and maybe there's something significant tied to number 99 that's going to, you know, help drive him, whatever the case may be. You know, all these guys have their, have their you know, their quirks. But, yeah, he's reunited with, with DeAndre Hopkins, and, it wasn't even the most money he received on a contract. So, I mean, there has to be something significant, whether it was believing in Kyler Murray, having the opportunity to team up with D-Hop or the combination of the two. Um, you know, the the Browns, the Colts, they offered more money. The Titans offered a similar contract. And those situations weren't nearly as attractive to him than Arizona, which I don't blame him because all of those cities are farther north than phoenix arizona yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so uh you know the, the colts they have the luxury of playing in a dome but still you got to live in indianapolis through a harsh winter and 100 maybe through towards the end of his life he's trying to get something more relaxed now the nfc west wow those pass rushers are stacked up and yeah. i mean you, you you know he's partnered up jj watt partnered up with chandler jones who's going to come back did everyone forget about him? Yeah, top two in sacks since 2012, those two. And Chandler Jones didn't even play a game last year, hardly. Right. I think he got hurt the very first game he started. Nick Bosa's coming back. He's got Eric Armstead on the other side. And, you know, Aaron Jones is a game wrecker. And Jamal Adams set the record for sacks by a D-back. Yeah, he could play safety or the end. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, Russell Wilson's got his word cut out for him with all those guys coming at him. 100%. 100%. All right, Dak, he wants the money. So do I. Pay the guy. Pay me. Pay me too. Pay me. <laughs> Is Dak worth 40 mil? Dan. Now, he played last year $34 million franchise tag. He had 1,800 passing yards in five games. Mind you, that fifth game, he left early. That's pretty fucking good. It is. And I think the Dallas Cowboys were a noticeably different team with him off the field Obviously, they were. Agreed. Is he worth $40 million a year? I would say to Dallas, he is. Dallas needs him there for $40 million. Is he worth $40 million on the open market? Probably not. Yeah. Probably closer to 35 maybe 37 uh, Adjusted average value, of course. Uh, is what we're discussing here. So, you know, it's just really hard to say, especially coming off of a gruesome leg injury, will he get a long-term contract if it's not with Dallas? I don't know. Jerry Jones, however, seems committed to pay him. He does? It seems like there's a little bit more momentum than there was last year. I know. I had no faith in the Dallas Cowboys signing Dak after that leg injury. Really? Yeah, none yeah. at all. I had none before the season either. I mean, we saw the franchise tag, and there yeah. was no talks of them wanting he to He was stonewalling them, yeah. you know. Um, as far as 40 mil, I don't think he's worth it, whether it's for Dallas or, or to the open market. <clears throat> I, when you hit 40-plus, you're talking about guys that immediate impact. Do the Cowboys go to the playoffs if Dak is starting? Yes, because their division is shit. Do they make it past wildcard? Yeah, make it past wildcard weekend? Probably not. 
So if I'm paying somebody 40 plus, you're taking me to the AFC champion, NFC championship, AFC championship every fucking year. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Perennial. Yeah, I don't think he's that guy. And, yeah, on top of that, it's got to be long term. Are you the guy for seven years? If I'm paying you 40 mil year in and year out, you better be the fucking guy year in and year out. And he's 27. And we don't know know if he's going to produce all that. He's 27, and that's young for a quarterback. If you're yeah, looking at the grid true, scheme, true. but again, like you said, forty million a year, you're gonna to want to make that some sort of a long term investment. And four to five years, <clears throat> you know, if it's a five year contract at forty million a year, it's a two hundred million dollar contract. That doesn't sound too far out of the realm of possibility, if you ask me. Now, maybe it's five years a hundred and eighty million. Yeah. That's yeah. that sounds a little on the that sounds like the floor to me. And then the two hundred million would be the ceiling, if you're looking at a five year deal for Dak Prescott. I think that's kind of what he would generate from the Dallas Cowboys, um, just based on the way that they performed after. And you said it yourself: the division is weak. It's obvious that they're weak. No one has a defined quarterback out there besides the Eagles, who have Jalen Hurts, and a guy who hasn't started about a full somebody. Right? They haven't even. They don't have faith in him, and he hasn't started a full season in Philly. So now is their time to strike while the iron is hot in the NFC East. Will they win their division? Probably with Dak Prescott, 90%. Will they make it out of the wild card round? Uh, You know, with the division like that, they may not even have to play in the wild card round. They could sweep, and that's six guaranteed wins right there, let alone whatever they can do against other teams. So the NFC is also getting weaker by the year. Yeah, the yeah. AFC sh- power is shifting towards them now. It'll be interesting to see with expanded playoffs and yada yada yada. So, I think Dallas needs Dak though, at least for now. For the next two to three years, they need Dak. I think Jerry Jones is willing to risk or re- willing to give up the latter end of a contract like that to get three or four years too, because mm-hmm. he wants results now, right? Yeah, and he's not getting them, right? So he's going to want to put something in place to where he's getting those results now. And he's going to eat shit for it in four or five years when Dak's throwing for fucking 3,200 yards or 2,900 yards and more picks than he has touchdowns. Yeah, they got to keep weapons around him. Or he gets hurt in the the fifth game and doesn't play the rest of the season. Right. I mean, and that's the risk you run when you sign a contract with that magnitude, too. Yeah. I mean, that's anywhere besides... Obviously, you know, there's certain one-off situations where you feel pretty damn comfortable, of course. I won't name any names specifically, but, you know, there <laughs> with that with that contract, that's not just quarterbacks either. That's any player. I mean, you're looking at, um, you're looking at a guy like, <clears throat> shit, I'm blanking on somebody I mean, think now. Think about like Aaron Donald. He's, he's indestructible. Well, he's a sure bet. He's indestructible. But right. I mean, he could be he could be hurt at any moment and and miss a whole season. One hundred percent. And you see it time after time where a wide receiver will get a fat contract, and then there. Okay, okay. Here you go, Randy Moss. Randy Moss, when he signed with the Raiders, got one of the richest wide receiver deals that has been given out. Now, I attribute a lot of this failure to the quarterback that was there while he was playing in Oakland. He had two terrible years until the Patriots traded for him, and then he blew up again. 
Now, that is a very select number of years from Randy Moss's very successful Hall of Fame career, but it is a situation where you signed a guy to a long-term deal and it did not pan out whatsoever. And when you get to the later end of these deals, these final years of these contracts, obviously there's less guaranteed money so that you can cut ties, and maybe that's the way they structure this deal with Dak, where the front end is heavily guaranteed. Right, so if it's right, right. you know, let's go on the lower end. 5 years, 175 million dollars. Let's say 100 mil is guaranteed. That really, if it's around 35 mil a year, uh, that's really just the first three years of the five-year deal. Yeah. And then the final two years, you can cut ties if you want to, and there's no strings attached. And you could see something that's heavily incentive-based, too. Exactly. Yeah. And restructuring. That's yeah. something that they can do towards the end. If he's not living up to that dollar figure and he doesn't want to test the open market, yep. he'll be willing to negotiate at that time. Yep. Okay. Cool, so, good talk. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This was my TED Talk. <laughs> All right, staying in Texas, David Johnson restructures his deal with the Houston Texans. One year, six mil. We just talked about him and Duke a couple weeks ago. Duke is out. They released Duke Duke, Duke Johnson. Dukey. Uh, Kansas City Royals start 2-1. and one. Started the season at 2-0. and oh. They just lost today to the Mets, right? I yeah. Think they lost the Mets today. Yeah, we're spring training. So there's still time to turn this thing around, uh, but we've had a good showing, dude. Yeah, lineup looks young. They look good. Bats are heavy. They're refreshed. Yeah, which is great to see. I'm I'm so excited for this pitching staff, man. My God. <clears throat> to hold a team, I think our last win we won 3-2, to two, and I know it's spring training, but to hold a team to just two runs is something the Royals do not do often with the way that right. the pitching has been structured the last few years. So I am super pumped. And welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. We are bringing back Robert Alberino. He takes over as VP of production and content for the Chiefs. Uh, he was with us before with the Chiefs organization. Now he comes back. Um, he had a statement I put out on Twitter that he loves Kansas City and the Chiefs Kingdom and the people of Kansas City. So uh, welcome back, Robert. We're excited to have you. Let's uh, let's get after it and have a hell of a season, buddy. Damn right. Damn right. All right, that's going to lead us right into Chiefs Talk. This is going to be brought to you by eCoffee. Now, eCoffee, Kansas City local company, that's why they cover this Chiefs Talk segment for us. Casey uh, Local, you got to support them. Their website, www.eeroastcoffee.com, or you can check them out on IG, at EE Roasts Coffee, and you can see some of their great content. Actually, these guys post some of the funniest memes on Instagram and Facebook, and they just have a lot of good content, a lot of feel-good stuff to get you started, uh, get your day started off right. You know, I know everyone's scrolling through social media at 6.30 in the morning Absolutely. while they're waiting yeah. to get in the shower or whatever <laughs> the case may be, or on lunch break or whatever. So, you know, these guys are going to give you good coffee, good content on social media. Check out their subscriptions. You can do it yearly, bi-yearly, or uh, tri-yearly, or I guess that would be quarterly. Um, you can try all of these different scenarios out, see what fits you best. There's different flavors from different parts of the country, and they really encompass all of it. And one of the cooler things they showed today on their on their social media pages, you know, they showed a picture of a, just a stockpile of coffee, and it was like... I wanted to just jump in there and start I was about making to say that. <laughs> coffee star angels, dude. You like, wanted to just jump into it. Oh yeah. my gosh! I could like I looked at the picture and said, "This is what 6.4 million pounds of coffee looks like," and I could just smell the coffee through the picture. Absolutely, it was beautiful. Check them out. 
They do a weekly coffee giveaway on Instagram. Uh, they got a ton of swag on their website. We love them. Check them out. Let's jump into some Chiefs talk, Trey. Absolutely. So we're going to talk not a whole lot of Chiefs talk. We don't have a lot to talk about, but we're going to talk some facts. And Brent Veach had a uh, press conference this week. We're going to talk about what we thought about that. Absolutely. Brett Veach talked about Pat. He should be back for training camp after his surgery last, or two, what, two weeks ago now? Yes, sir. Showtime, baby. Yeah, let's get after it. He anticipates Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz are healthy for training camp in week one of the season. Now, this surprised me. That was surprising. Eric Fisher. Can't see him coming back for training camp or week one. Not a chance. I think there's a good chance he doesn't make it for the first eight weeks of the season. Now, the Achilles injury is severe. It's one of those things that can hamper a lineman for an extended amount of time. There's a lot of rehab that goes into fixing this injury to where you're in football shape a way and a way to take the field again, especially for these guys in the trenches. Right. You know, they're bigger bodied. They've got guys rolling onto their ankles, their knees all the time, and they have to use their legs to drive these big guys no off doubt. the line. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm really concerned about whether or not this Achilles is going to be ready week one, first of all, and then second of all, whether it'll be ready in the regular season at all. Right. You know, it's an 11-month recovery time to to say, you know, he pulled, he tore it in January. He's going to be ready in August. He's four months ahead of schedule. Right. That seems extreme. Yeah, and another leg to this is that he anticipates Eric Fisher playing for the Kansas City Chiefs next year, which I don't know about you, but I did not anticipate Eric Fisher playing for the Chiefs next year. One, because because we don't want to pay the money. And two, because or one, because of cap space. Two, because we don't get the the play out of Eric Fisher, I believe, that we, what we pay for him. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think I, I don't know if it was me not anticipating him being on the team. Now I do anticipate a restructure, one hundred percent. What that looks like, I don't know. He has eleven million dollars worth of cap avail- that becomes available if we do cut him. <clears throat> now, if we restructure, maybe move some of that guarantee down the road, we can end up saving somewhere in the five to six million dollar range. That's big. That's huge. And so either one is going to be a huge benefit to Kansas City. And with the next point here being Brett that Brett Veach remix wants to focus on the first four rounds of the draft, specifically on the O line, then that means he's looking into the future on what mm-hmm. that O line is going to look like. So, yeah, maybe Eric Fisher gets that one year deal. But if you're signing a one year deal for somebody like that, that who says that might play week one, but everybody else in the fucking world is like, what? I don't think so. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm on board for restructuring somebody that might play, you know, just a couple games for a season. Right. Right. I think really what the Chiefs have known been known to be a loyal franchise, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased towards the Chiefs. I mean, that's just the facts of the matter. You know, we there's times where it's paid off for us, where we've been loyal to a player, and then there's times where it's just totally fallen flat. Now I'm not gonna. I don't want to disrespect the man that I'm about to talk about here, um, because he is a phenomenal person, player, and he meant a lot to Kansas City. But when we re-signed Eric Berry to the richest safety contract in the NFL in NFL history, at yeah. that time, uh, you know it was paid off for the first two years, and then he had a ton of injury issues the last two years, and we had to cut him. Yeah. Uh, so you know. Speaking of that, dead money. We're done paying dead money on Eric Berry this year. Yeah, this year is the first year we yeah. haven't had to pay him. He hasn't yeah. been on the team since 2018. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just a total uh, – that points at it 100%. So, 
you know, you got to be careful to make sure your loyalty doesn't approach dangerous territory. Agreed, 100%. <clears throat> now, Mitchell Schwartz coming back for training camp, that excites me. The back Agreed. injury, getting that surgery, knowing it went well, knowing he's going to be back, back surgery, back injuries, those are tricky. Yep. Everything seems to be going well so yeah. far. We're only like two weeks removed from that, maybe a week removed. Yeah, I think it's just a week. Man. Yeah, but the fact that he's <laughs> on track and they're optimistic about it right now and makes me too. feel good. And yeah. he is too, yes. Yeah, agreed, 100%. We need him. If we're not going to have Fisher on the on the left side, we need Schwartz on the white, right side. Yeah, because you could pick up a left tackle first round. Yeah, and there's a chance we could. Right. So the last point here. Uh, from what we got from that press conference, um, it does not sound like Brett Veach is confident that Sammy Watkins is going to come back. He talked about that he would like to have Sammy come back and that it was going to be much tougher this year to have Sammy playing in that red and white uniform than it was last year to make something happen. So um, this is what we all kind of anticipated, right? Yeah. You know, at least if you're looking at the numbers and looking at the, the, the roster, but it, I agree. I mean, it's going to be tough to sign Sammy Walker. And he keeps taking deals. He keeps taking deals, which is awesome for Sammy. He wants to yeah, be a part of Kansas team player. City. He really does. Um, but I just don't think we can pay the money for him. With the, with, I mean, I'm going to go back to the same point I had on Eric Fisher. We're just not seeing what we need to see out of Sammy Watkins. Yeah, we're not getting our return on investment if no. we're going to go financial terms here. Uh, Sammy Watkins played six games this year. I think he played 10 the last year. That's a full season over the course of two seasons. Uh, that's not something that you want from a guy who's making $14, 15000000 million a year in salary and taking up that valuable cap space. Now, he did show out in the 2019 playoffs, but he was a ghost in 2020. You know, he was just the what if he comes back, what could he do, what if, what if, and it never happened. Right. So, as much as I love and respect Sammy for what he was able to do for us in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, the times he was healthy, he definitely showed out. I mean, that first game in 2019 on that Super Bowl run, you know, he scored three touchdowns against Jacksonville and just showed what his potential could be. But for whatever reason, his body keeps failing him time after time when he tries to step on the field and it's different injuries every single time. So it's just really tough. It's tough. To, it's going to be tough to see him go because I do like him as a player. Agreed. And when we first signed him, I was pumped. So excited. But now it's to a point where he's getting closer to 30. And injury issues plus being 30 is not a good combination, especially in today's NFL. And there's a ton. The wide receiver market is vast. Yeah, Vast open. this year. And not to mention, we're good at drafting fucking players. Yeah. We're very good at that. So, yeah, we could see something. We could see Sammy Watkins drop all the way into July or August. Yeah, and get picked up in July and August for a team that needs a a, a number two or a solid number three or back to Kansas City, who's gonna say, "Hey, man, you want to come back?" We give him the D Rob special. I'd be all on board. Oh, 100 percent. Two what, mil. Here's what we're laying out on the table. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. He's not taking two mil. There's not a fucking chance. There's not a chance, but not I wouldn't chance. want to pay more than four. Agreed. 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 Maybe yeah. give him five. Maybe. <laughs> That's where you can say the hometown hookup or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him yeah. an extra mil there. But yeah. <laughs> more than five, I'm not going two hands 
worth the millions, all right? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting year. I mean, we're going to talk a little free agency here in a bit, but this is going to be interesting for every single NFL team and every single player that's a free agent or restructuring because that the cap ceiling drops so low. Yeah, $15 million could be... You know, fifteen million could be all the cap you spend in the draft and free agency in some cases. You know, or or it could be the difference between signing a player like JJ Watt or not. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. Let's move on for Chiefs talk. Let's talk cap casualties. Who you got, Dan? Talk about the Kyles. Yeah, <laughs> the Kyles. There's been a couple of cuts today. Uh, you know, I'll start with the two that were cut uh, between our last episode. The first being. Jarrell Casey, the defensive tackle out of Denver, he he came there from Tennessee. They released him pretty much when we released our episode last week, and it freed up twelve million dollars for the Denver Broncos. He still had two million two years. I'm sorry, two years left on his contract. Uh, Adam Humphreys for the Titans, wide receiver. He's been productive when he's been on the field. He's had injury issues, so the Titans had to waive him. They had to let him go. So. He's got a viable defensive tackle. He's only 31. He's been a people mover, a beast, you know, when he's been on the field. He had a biceps tear. So it kind of forced Denver's hand because of the cap savings that they could have. Now, Adam Humphreys signed a rather large contract for his caliber of player. So the Titans obviously had to release that that person. So moving on to the Kyles. These are two cuts that happened today. Uh, very fresh. So Kyle Van Noy, we'll start with him, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. He signed a four-year, $51 million deal in the 2020 offseason. One year into the contract, they cut him. He, The Dolphins are saving $9.75 million. He could have still been with the team for three more years. That has been confirmed. So a starting caliber, Pro Bowl caliber even, linebacker hits the open market. Um, what do you think about that? Where do you think he fits best? I mean, this is a move I could see the Chiefs making for a guy of this caliber. We need the linebacker. Oh yeah. Brett Veach has talked. He wants to go O line in the draft. You can't wait till third and fourth round to get the kind of caliber linebacker we need. So <clears throat> he's gonna jump on something in the off season. He's gonna jump on a free agent or he's gonna trade. He's not been known for the trades. Unless it's draft picks. Um, but other than that, he doesn't trade for players of this caliber. So I see Brett mm. Beach going after Kyle Van Noy. He's going to have to restructure his deal because he's not going to fit into Kansas City with the deal like he would have gotten in Miami. And Miami's just throwing money out their ass because they thought they could. Yeah, they had a lot of cap space last year. So he's not going to make what he thought he was going to make. But you can come to a championship team and you can still make a lot of money. You can still be a pro bowler. You can still do all these things. Right. Be a part of the ride, man. Yeah, and you know he's still got guarantees with Miami, so it's not like he's not going to make any money True. from yeah, that okay. deal. Yeah, you know, good point. so yeah. we could give him a team-friendly deal. He's still making money for Miami, and we don't have to be on the hook for any of those guarantees in right. that contract. So that could be something that that's beneficial. Now, Kyle Rudolph, longtime staple for the Minnesota Vikings, ten years there. I couldn't believe it. I saw I was like, ten years. He's been in the league ten years. <clears throat> he was released today, saving the Vikings about $5 million in cap space and adding a viable tight end option to what was kind of a dry tight end market. You know, outside of the top three, uh, younger, you know, more sought after tight ends that are going to hit the market this that are hitting the market this year. Um, Kyle Rudolph, I think, is right there on the cusp of being in that top five selection. 
Yeah, agree 100%. Somebody's going to bring him in that's got a young quarterback or a young receiving core and just bring this guy in to mentor that group Mm -hmm. and be a solid option for whatever quarterback that is in the red zone, right? And a first down option and whatever it may be. And and he's not a bad down-the-field blocker. Right. He's a good run blocker. He can block for yeah, sure. Yeah, so this is this is a good guy to have on your team for the next, maybe sign up for three years or whatever it may be. Right. I can see him signing a deal similar to how Mercedes Lewis has stayed along in the league. You know, he's Mercedes Lewis is about 37. He is early in his career. He was known as an athletic tight end. Later in his career, he became that safety net kind of guy who can block. And now he's mostly a blocking tight end who is available in the red zone on occasion. Right. And uh, Jimmy Graham as well. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the, the two comp type of players I would think, you know, Kyle Rudolph can get deals similar to those guys. Right on. Let's move straight into top free agents with that. So the way Dan and I are going to roll through this segment here is we're going to run through the offense. We're going to run through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight ends, then the O-line. Then we're going to follow up next week with the defense. Then by that time, we should be talking draft. Dan and I are going to start working through the draft, what that looks like uh, for for specifically the Kansas City Chiefs, but for each team moving into the first round. Um, and just a little sneak peek here, Dan Dan and I plan on doing a uh, some sort of a, an event on the, the first night of the draft. We don't know what that's going to look like or what oh, yeah. that's going to entail yet, but... Uh, we want to have some fun on the first night of the draft and be a part of the show on that night. So, uh, Dan, let's kick it off with the quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. So, some important dates to remember before we jump into this. So, March 15th is when the uh, so-called, so-called tampering period begins. So, the new league year starts on the 17th. That's when contracts can be official with these free agents. March 15th is when you can start to negotiate these contracts with free agents, even though their current contract is not expired. So you technically have a 48-hour window to reach out to these free agents. It's going to be a mad scramble this year, just like it is every year, to date. So like right when that moment happens on the 17th of March, everyone is signing their contracts. Boom, 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 boom. Right, right. So something to look out for. So as we progress through... Uh, the next two weeks to get to that point, you know, we're gonna make sure we're giving you check our Twitter, follow that because yeah, we're gonna absolutely. be we're gonna be updating everyone on all of those signings. You know, you're gonna want to stay into the loop. So, QBs, offense, the top offensive quarterback free agent, 100% has to be Dak Prescott. He was with Dallas. Uh, we've talked about him a little bit. He's definitely a franchise tag candidate. But he also could get the long-term contract, and I don't think he leaves Dallas. What are your thoughts on that? I think either they sign him for the long-time, long-term deal or let him go. I don't think they tag him again. I think they're going to pay too so? much to tag his ass again for not having a plan for the future. That is true. So since it is would be a second consecutive tag, there is a premium added on right. top of what would be the price. So it's the average of the top 10 or top 5 uh, salaries for that specific position plus 10 or 15 percent whatever right, that case right, may right. be so there is going to be a premium to tagging him for sure yeah and that'll hurt dallas whether jerry jones wants to i mean he could cough it up you know if he wants to sacrifice his whole his future next two or three years for right, that if he or, wants to or, blow his nut on it yeah <laughs> i mean good for him but no i, I they're gonna make one choice either all right dak we're not going your way or here's your five-year deal 
Take it or leave it. Okay. Now, this is a guy that I know you've said is going to be the, this is what's bottlenecking the, the quarterback market. Right. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. He's not going back to Chicago. That's no. pretty much set in stone at this point. Both sides do not want to negotiate a contract. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, situation, when is he going to get signed? Is he going to be signed on March 17th? I could still see him popping off this this champagne bottle of quarterbacks. Okay. God, did you like that? I love that. What? That was God, beautiful. That was sexy. I heard it too. When you said <laughs> it, I heard... <laughs> so, uh, you know, teams still think that Mitch is young and they can, they can move him into or morph him into what they want him to be, right? Mm-hmm. So I think Mitch still pops this thing off. Where he goes, I I really don't know. I could see him maybe going to like something like Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington feels like they got the right squad, and they just need the quarterback. They obviously I actually like love Alex. that fit for him. Me too. I know. I just thought about that right now. <laughs> it was beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Um, as far as Chicago, I, they're they're obviously in the talks for the big players being Deshaun and 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 uh, and Russ. If, mm-hmm. if if they end up getting rid of Russ, but right. Uh, yeah, I think Mitch pops this thing off. I think yes, he is signed uh, in that first first couple of days of free agency, and then uh, I think we'll see guys like Cam Newton also get signed maybe two or three days later. Dak Prescott's obviously prob. I think Dallas is going to have a decision by then. What the fuck are we doing? Are we signing him? Or are we not? Mm-hmm. So I yeah I don't know I I see Mitch going to Washington that's that's kind of my guess that's that's my prediction right now Dan With Mitch to Washington okay yeah. I'm I'm not opposed to that I actually like that fit a lot that's kind of a prototypical uh, Ron Revere quarterback since he since he started the process of shutting down Cam Newton in Carolina he's brought in quarterbacks kind of similar to Mitchell Trubisky's skill set uh, the Kyle Allen's you know pocket passer kind of guys. And Trubisky's a little bit more mobile in that sense than the guys sure. like Kyle, Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke, who he has in Washington now. Um, he's still a true pocket passer, though. He is a true pocket passer, 100%. But he does add that mobile flavor, which I think Ron Revere likes in his offense. Yeah, it tastes good. Tastes great. So, Cam Newton, you already mentioned him. He's got ties to Ron Rivera. That's who I pegged for Washington's next quarterback, personally, because of those ties. Now, <clears throat> I could also foresee him not getting signed until, you know, a couple weeks into the season. Maybe, you know, there's a serious injury, and he's been unsigned. Some team can bring him on so that they can continue to compete as they move through the 2021 season. That's a situation that I foresee for Cam Newton. Um, not sure what kind of market he's going to generate right now. It doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of buzz. It doesn't. And I'm kind of wondering like what kind of, what, what is Cam Newton expecting? Yeah. What kind of money is this guy expecting? If I'm him and he, he, he obviously still thinks he's got the game. Yeah. He said he's not the 30, 33rd quarterback in the league. He said right he's now, got the juice, which I, I agree. Yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think there's 32 quarterbacks out there better than him. He's got some ball left. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I just don't think he fit into New England. That was like a uh, that was a that was a country club up there, and he's not a country club kind of guy. <laughs> but uh, not the right situation for Cam Newton. I mean, think about like New York Jets or New York Jet or uh, Giants. That he, he could plug into either one of those guys. Yeah, I, it just depends on what he's asking for. What kind of money does Cam want? Because if he wants too much, if he's looking to cash out and he thinks he's at the end of his career, then he's not going to get 
the opportunity once early in the season or early in the off season. Mm-hmm. If he's willing to go somewhere and learn a new system and, and, and get paid fairly or under market, then hell, he might go somewhere um, here in, in March or April or get some... I can see something right after the draft. Somebody yeah. doesn't get what they want in the draft. Okay, Cam Newton's still out there. Let's let's fuck. Two weeks let's later, after. let's get yeah. after it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You still got time training camp and all that shit, and uh, you can still get them developed into your system and, and move forward. Right, and that's what's crucial with these quarterbacks for sure. Because you want them to know the full fucking playbook. They have to know what they not, have to. They don't. They not only need to know what they need to do. They need to know what everyone else needs no to do shit. also. Yeah. So integrating a quarterback, especially you know. And now that you mention that, Cam Newton signed kind of late last year with New England. So he didn't have a whole lot of time to get familiar with that system. Early in the season, he got COVID, missed a couple of weeks. The chemistry just never looked like it was there, specifically between him and his receivers. Yeah, he had nothing bad to say about New England, but still, you're right. It, it, like I said with the country club thing, man, I feel like he didn't fit in up there. <laughs> no, it didn't. Like something se- wasn't vibing up there. Yeah, there wasn't. It just didn't seem like that was his scene. Uh, you know, up there, and and it could have been the scheme because he just looked like he felt uncomfortable. Yeah. So Alex <clears> Smith, <throat> this is a big one I want to talk about with, as, as far as uh, quarterbacks here. But <clears throat> Alex Smith, it has uh, been said that Washington is going to release him. They have not yet, so I would assume to see that in the next twenty four forty eight hours, right? That they release him. There was a lot of uh, he, we talked about it last week. He talked about. Uh, Washington want, didn't want him to be there, whether it's the team, the, the coaching staff, the organization as, as a whole, did not want him to be there. He didn't feel comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Underappreciated. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I understand that. Alex Smith definitely wants to fucking play. Can Alex, Alex Smith still play? Yes. Is he better than 32 other quarterbacks? Yes, he's not the 33rd best quarterback in the league. <laughs> I'm with you. He could start somewhere for sure. Yeah, and he proved that. Yeah. And I think that is almost the same situation as Cam, although I think people have a little more trust in Alex Smith because he's been so fucking consistent over the last 12 years or however long he's been playing, right? Mm-hmm. That they can trust that he's going to walk into your system, throw for three yards on third and eight, and that's what you're getting at Alex Smith. <laughs> I'm not bashing him. I'm just saying the dude's consistent. You're going to get what you get. Right. He doesn't turn the ball over. No, he doesn't turn the ball over. That's what you want. He's going to give you a chance. Damn right. And I'm going to go back to the New York New York situation. Look at the Jets. Look at the Giants. Alex Smith could give those teams a chance. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley, Alex Smith in the backfield. That's your team. With not a half-bad defense. Right. All they need is maybe a one or two receiver. And a Evan Ingram, I call him a good tight end, whatever you want to call it, but... Um, that could be a, a half decent team, and then you have a challenge within the same division he just he just left, or same division he was just a part of with Washington. So he's familiar with the team. He is, yeah. And you know Saquon Barkley's coming back, like you said. So that <clears throat> that running game is going to be uh, strong for them. And the Giants have two good receivers. Sterling Shepard's a good receiver when he's healthy, and uh, Darius Slayton's kind of been emerging as kind of a more reliable target than Sterling Shepard because he's actually on the field. Yeah. Now, Evan Ingram, not a terrible tight end, but for whatever reason, he just wasn't getting the looks last year that he that he should have been getting. Or are, And he was dropping passes. He's, I think he scored like one touchdown. Yeah. He went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. It's no, yeah undeserving. Yeah. 
But I think as far as receivers, those are two number two wide receivers. They need definitely need a number one. Right. And they have Golden Tate on the roster as well, but Golden Tate is well past his prime. And with, with the wide receiver market being as fruitful as it is, it would behoove them to grab a, a receiver for sure. Yeah, I mean, imagine a move like Alex Smith and then an Allen Robinson. Right. And That's they a, have a good pick. They could grab a guy like Devontae Smith or like Jamar Chase. Yeah. Where are they at? I think they're picking... I think you're just around 10. I was going to say like 8 or something. Uh, I think it's 9, okay. I want to say. Right on. Okay. So let's rattle off a couple names here to kind of wrap up this this top 10 we got here. Jameis Winston looks like he's going to stay in New Orleans. Ryan Fitzpatrick's kind of hanging out there. He's going to be a guy that gets picked up in July. Right. You know, we've, we've seen this for fucking 27 years. I think it's going to be the Jaguars just because he hasn't played there yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. He looked good a couple years ago when he came in. Andy Dalton was down in Dallas this year. He's <clears> kind of a, I mean, he was just kind of, he was so washed right after he left, left Cincy because he was the guy in Cincy, and now he's just like another guy. Yeah, he's very, very baseline, very yeah. average. Yeah, I mean. The 35th best quarterback. The, <laughs> yeah, the most average ginger I've ever met in my life. <laughs> And then you got Tyrod Taylor, who was a stud, uh, got stabbed in the lung with a needle. I don't know. That's such a weird situation to me. I mean, I know he got stabbed in the lung, obviously. How did it not heal? But yeah, well, he missed the whole fucking the season because he got punctured lung in the. Well, first... actually, he might have been activated, but <clears throat> Justin Herbert was already killing him. He by balled. Then. Yeah, he balled out. Yeah. So you got Joe Flacco with the Jets. Get that guy the fuck out of here and get him out of the league. He's just trying to collect another check. I bet he becomes more of a Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of guy where he just hops around for the last five or six or Jay Cutler even. I think he's you know, gonna coach starts in the collecting next, checks. He's gonna coach in the next two or three years. Flacco? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He just doesn't seem like the coach type to me. Yeah, he's gonna coach. And then honorable mentions, we got some we got Colt McCoy. I feel like that guy I feel like I played with him in NCAA football. O two or some shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get this guy out of here. He is the solid number three quarterback on every depth chart. Yeah, I mean, as far as anybody would know, I mean, kids that are 14 years old probably think he's a fucking punter. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Like, he comes on the field, oh, they must be punting. Is he fourth down? <laughs> All right, Dan, move us into running backs. Yeah, dude. So running backs, there's actually a little bit more of a extensive running back market than I first thought, uh, you know, before putting this list together. You've got two guys from Green Bay who we both absolutely love. I'm going to talk about the first one here, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is somebody who is going to be a day one starter, a workhorse for whatever team he signs with. Miami seems to be the favorite. They seem to have the most interest in signing him. It's mutual as well. But also, there's a solid chance he goes back to Green Bay and continues to play in that system because the guy who was number two on that depth chart is also a free agent. We'll talk about him in here in a second. But Aaron Jones, by far, in my opinion, is the number one running back option because of what he can do on the ground. He is a touchdown machine, and he can also catch the ball and move in open space. I foresee him signing with another team other than Green Bay because they have such big cap issues currently and because they've already kind of hinted that, you know, it's going to be very difficult to bring him back. So that's number one guy. Uh, these next guys kind of just fall in order, so I'll start with Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 
running back with the Arizona Cardinals the last two seasons. I think he's in line for a one- or two-year extension with Arizona. We'll see where he goes. He, again, is another dual-threat kind of guy where he can run for 800 and catch 800 yards worth of passes and score 8 to 10 touchdowns in the year. I think Kyler Murray needs a guy like that, and I think he's perfect for Cliff Kingsbury's system where they are more of a uh, spread kind of offense. They're throwing the ball everywhere, and they need a pass-catching running back like what Kenyon Drake can provide. Yeah, I can see that too because I, I see Arizona dropping the balls in the sauce this year saying, let's get after it. We need, we, got, we got to make moves They're now. all in, yeah. and you can tell with that J.J. Watt sign. 100%. So, and I don't know what the status is on Chris Carson up in Seattle or like Jamal Williams, but I could see them making a move on a guy like that that's not like headline breaking headlines but like this guy's gonna make a fucking impact on our football team this year shit if they sign jamal williams they'll be getting a fucking deal oh a fucking deal that guy's a stud he, he's a top three running back like personal favorite not like not like <laughs> all time output no, no 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 in the league right now in the league currently yeah okay. yeah, yeah he's a fucking stud that dude can get cracked across the middle and get up and be smiling with three gold <laughs> I teeth, love talking man. I Jamal. love that shit. I love talking Jamal Williams. No shit, man. I could watch his highlights all day. Well, dude, he still rushed for 600 yards last year. Yeah. In the backup Behind role. Aaron Jones. Yeah, in the backup role. So, I mean, he has the ability to step in and be a number one running back in a uh, – Running back A, running back B situation. Yeah, and they had A.J. Dillon, yeah. who took snaps. Absolutely, and he's a hoss. Yeah. So moving on, Leonard Fournette, Tampa Bay. I highly – I he's going to go back to Tampa Bay. All right. There's mutual interest there. He I wants to he get does. another ring. He's kind of – he was the guy that came out of college who was a fucking beast and then didn't do shit out of Some college. Injuries. Yeah. And then now he's got a chance to actually make – uh, a name for his career or build a legacy here with what he's got left so i see him going back to tampa bay trying to make a move on what he's got this opportunity with mm -hmm. i think whatever contract he signs is going to be the same length of tom brady's deal i don't think they extend him past the time that tom brady's going to be in tampa yeah i mean imagine having leonard fournette for five and only having tom for two and it just wouldn't make sense <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. make sense now, uh, this next guy, Todd Gurley, another one of those guys who's, he's honestly, he's only 27, and, and it feels like he's been to, yeah. in the league for so long. He probably has been in for six, seven years. Yeah, I mean, uh, 2014, I think, is when he was drafted. Yeah, Maybe it was so 2013. So, I mean, he's, seven he's, season. He's, had so, he's had some time here in the league. He was a touchdown machine last year, too. He scored double-digit touchdowns, more than 10. I think it was around 15. Well, when you can't throw him, you got to rush him. You damn right you do. <laughs> it's not like Julio's catching it in the red zone anymore. <laughs> Right. So Todd Gurley is going to be a viable uh, running back option. I think at this point in his career, he's just been unfortunate where his body has not been able to keep up with the demands of being an NFL player. He's got arthritis in his knee. He is 100% a strictly goal line option. I totally foresee him taking on a LeGarrette Blunt type oh, role. Yeah. I was, oh, that's a, the same person I was thinking. <laughs> Where he just rushes, you know, he probably rushes for 700, 800 yards a year, scores double-digit touchdowns, yep. maybe he catches some passes out of the backfield, and that's the extent of what Todd Gurley's going to provide you, and that's valuable. Yeah. Okay, don't it get is, me wrong, yeah. that is valuable. If you can draft a young guy who can catch passes and take the number one and number two handoffs, and then you take number three handoff, yeah, why not have Todd Gurley? Absolutely. Yeah, 
Chris Carson, Seattle. I, like I said, I don't know the situation. I don't know if they want to re-sign him. I don't know if he wants to leave. I don't know what's going on. Solid running back. This is kind of guy that's going to rush for your nine, uh, 900 yards, between 900 and 1,100 yards. That's a solid running back, especially if you have an unlimited amount of weapons as far as receivers, tight ends, whatever it may be. If your offense is already established, you just need that l- one little running back to kind of push you over the edge and be that le- a lethal weapon. Chris <laughs> Carson's your guy, man. He's a, yeah. he's a beast. No, he's solid. He's solid. But, you know, another guy who could be that situation for you, I think, is Jamal Williams, like we've already oh, talked great, about. Man. And that's really the next guy I think is on our list. How now, old is that dude? He's in the 25. He's he's just a year younger than um, Chris Carson, so I think he's 26. Okay. It's still young. Yeah. Still in the prime oh, of his 100%. career. Still has plenty yeah, of time, yeah. and he's never had the opportunity to be the number one guy. Right. So I think he... Whatever situation he finds himself in, whether it's with Green Bay or whatever, he's going to be 1A or just the flat-out 1. Yeah, if Aaron Jones does not go back to Green Bay, they absolutely sign Jamal Williams. 100%. Absolutely. I think that's what it's going to come down to yeah, as well. They're, they're, that's idiot. I mean, that's just that's just crazy if you did not sign him if you're Green Bay. Right. he wants to go back. Absolutely. And I think he loves it up there. You can tell Agreed. he loves to play football, Agreed. period. Agreed. A couple more guys that are powerhouse running backs, but they're still, I mean, like you said, you did not expect this running back class to be this big. Yeah, I didn't think, I I was so focused on wide receiver. I I didn't see running back being that fat. (laughs) So you still also got James Conner in Pittsburgh. I could see him going back, or he could go somewhere and try to to make his name. It's going to depend on what they do with that money situation they got out there. Philip Lindsay, sounds like he's going back to Denver. He will go back. Yeah, Marlon Mack. He's going to leave Indianapolis. He's not the two. He's coming off an ACL injury. He's not the two guy. No. He's going to Jonathan Taylor's the absolute one. He's he, he's not going to come be the second fiddle. No. You know, and I, I don't think see, he's even going to give that the opportunity. I could see Marlon Mack going to a team like Jacksonville who needs a running back who could be, you they know. They got James, bro. Well, they got James Robinson, yes, but they would need a guy who to to compete with him. So I can and and it's interdivision. So I'd see Marlon Mack taking somewhat of a team-friendly deal, or maybe he goes to somewhere like Houston or even um, Tennessee to pair with a guy like Derrick Henry. I think that's the only situation he would be a second fiddle, as if it was a situation where there is a workhorse and they need him to come fill in to be a pass catcher. I think he goes somewhere where he's the one. He proved it two years ago. He can be the one. I had him on my fantasy team. It was glorious. Yeah, he. Pr- I don't think he <laughs> I thought somewhere them, to be a two. Them drafting Jonathan Taylor was not a situation where they thought they needed to improve on Marlon Mack. 100%. They took the best available player. Right. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And then you got Le'Veon Bell in Kansas City. A couple guys, though, I want to mention here. A couple Baltimore Ravens. Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. Two guys coming off that team. That team is obviously going to J.K. Dobbins. Absolute 100 percent unit. He's a top five fantasy football pick. Oh, do not miss out on that. I'm yeah. telling you right now, if he goes to the second round, grab his ass. Steal. That's a steal. Total steal. Steal. I'm drafting a trade, just so you know. No, you're not. I am. I might take him in the first. Bitch. Yeah, well, if I get the tenth pick, it's <laughs> fucking over, bro. Well, I might get the ninth. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody do not forget about this man, Adrian Peterson. Oh man. He's a fucking workhorse. Special place in my heart for AP. Oh, 100%, man. My favorite running back of all time, college NFL, Adrian Peterson. I hope this guy goes somewhere in <clears throat> Kansas City and wins a ring, man. This guy deserves it after the career he's had in both NCAA 
and NFL. This guy deserves a fucking ring. He deserved a college championship, too. He deserved a uh, Heisman trophy. He did not get that. He did not get what he deserved. We're getting off track here. We're getting off track here. (laughs) As much as I would love to see him in Kansas City, because I think he would bring that element, because he is that guy I was describing you know Todd Gurley to be. He's that goal line option yeah. where you can just plunge that shit in yeah. at will. Yeah. He's still 6'2", 235, yes. whatever he is. He runs like He's a, horse. a fucking monster. Yeah. I think he could be a very good fit here in Kansas City. I think we could get him on a good deal. Now, here's where I have some caution with that. He has expressed interest in teaming up with Tom Brady. So Tampa Bay definitely, I think, is the front runner for Adrian Peterson's services. But we should not overlook this player because he's still got gas in the tank. He wants to play for at least another four years. There's one thing better than playing with Tom Brady. It's fucking beating Tom Brady. <laughs> we just need to convince him of that. We need to get Brett Beach on a call, you and I. Yes. Get him on the show and say, hey, listen, you need Adrian Peterson. Here's why. Reason A, B, and C. Yes. And express to him the feeling of beating Tom Brady because I know we have felt that before. Yes. Absolutely. Bring us into wide receivers. The fattest class we've seen in quite some time. It's been a long time since I've seen a class this fat. I'm talking this class is thick as hell. So, Allen Robinson, by far, in my mind, I think I've talked to you, Trey, about this. You think he's number one also. He's the best free agent wide receiver available because of what he can do on the field and because I think... You know, he's very moldable. He can go to any system and succeed because he's versatile. He can do the slants. He can do the deep routes. He can be open. He has sure hands. I mean, this guy did some great things in Chicago the last couple years. He had an injury in Jacksonville. Still got paid from that injury. And he did some great things in Jacksonville as well. Mind you, he's never had, in my mind, a top 20, a top 30 quarterback. He's had guys like... Blake Bortles, uh, you know, all respects don't, to don't, Henny. Don't name off all the Mizzou guys, man. You're going to get some people upset. Here, Ga- right? I'm not going to say <laughs> Gabbert. All right. Chad Henny, he's had guys like Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, it rhymes with Mace Manuel. Guys like that <laughs> throwing the ball to him. Not premier quarterbacks by any stretch of the imagination. He's still putting up 1,000-yard receiving seasons. I think this guy's going to get paid one. I think he's going to succeed wherever he goes. He Uh, is by far the number one receiving option. Agreed 100%. And to volley off of that that versatile deal, Kenny Galladay is my number two. Yeah. I think he's better than Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's young. Just a a smidge. But Kenny Galladay can go into any fucking system in the NFL and succeed in that system. He's got that tall body type Chris Godwin does. He's like 6'3", 6'4", and he can stretch the field and still body a corner if he has to. Bro, I'm talking Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that's what. uh, Sorry, I said Chris Godwin. I meant (laughs) meant Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay can do that. Chris Godwin... He is a good receiver as well. Yeah. I'll talk about him in a second. Kenny Galladay is who I meant by that. Yeah. He can body corners when he has to. He can stretch the field. He can catch the 100%. passes. And he's got sure hands. Yeah. Now, he had some injuries last year, but I think he's going to bounce back pretty effectively. Agreed. Going into Chris Godwin, I think he's two years out from being like a, a, the solid one. He's got some de- developmental issues. To, or not de- issues. I don't want to call them issues. He needs to develop a little They're bit. They're hurdles. 
Yeah, he needs. Yeah, he needs to learn how to be a better receiver than what he is. Yeah, not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he he's definitely got room to be better, and I think he will be. Well, he and had if Tom... you spend time with Tom Brady, like you were probably about yep. to say, <laughs> <laughs> then you're gonna you're gonna continue to grow as a wide receiver, and in two or three years, we're gonna see him be a solid fucking number one wide receiver. We're just on the same fucking wavelength right now. Yeah. you know, we're on the same vibe. So 100, percent he spent time with Tom Brady. He's got the skill to know how to take that next step. It's just a matter of, I think he was in a crowded situation in Tampa. Yeah. And that's really what I'm excited about is if he leaves Tampa, you know, he has interest in staying there. But if he leaves, he will be the number one option for whatever team he signs with, unless it's a team like Kansas City or whatever, which Kansas City's not signing Chris Godwin. That's pretty much the plain and right, simple yeah, of it. Absolutely. But if it's a city, if it's a team like that that has a premier wide receiver like a D Hop, a Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, those t- types of guys, Devontae Adams, you know, he's going to be the number one guy, and I'm excited to see what he can do with an opportunity like that. Absolutely. My number four wide receiver out of this list has got to be Corey Davis, mm-hmm. and that's a fucking strong number four. Corey Davis is a beast. He's a He can body dudes, too. Yes. Yeah, he's an animal. He's going to go somewhere. I don't see him going <clears throat> somewhere to get the rings or try to be competitive. Oh, he's getting paid. He's going to go get paid, and I can't blame him. Look, I say it every time we talk about these guys getting paid. I can't fucking blame them. Go get your money. Why not? Yeah, go get your money. Yeah. And then get the rings. Sure. If you get the money and the rings, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's just a fucking bonus. (laughs) I sing on the cake, baby. Throw a cherry on that Sunday. Yeah, he's going to go somewhere and and get paid. I could see him you know, running into somewhere. Some of these lower echelon teams is where I see him running into. Jacksonville. New York teams, mm-hmm. um, kind of that situation. I'm not gonna keep rattling them off because I'm gonna say something stupid and say something that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> that's my pick on Corey Davis. He's a beast. You're gonna get a, a hell of a wide receiver out of Corey right. Davis there. You are 100, percent and I agree with you. So you know, even if he doesn't sign with a with a bottom tier team, like which Jacksonville could turn it around if Trevor Lawrence is the guy 100%. that everyone's talking about him to be. But if he signs with the team like Miami. He's going to find a lot of success there opposite of Devontae Parker with Tua Tagovailoa throwing the ball to him. Yep, true. You know, a team like that that has some cap space to burn, uh, especially with freeing up Kyle Van Noy. Maybe that's what their fucking plan is. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster is my solid number five here, and it's not because of what he can do on the field, but because of his age and his potential to be a number one receiver. I mean, he's still put up decent numbers with Pittsburgh, but he was proven to not be a viable number one guy after AB left, right? Right. And he still had volumes in the reception category, but he wasn't generating the yards, and he was still getting decent amount of touchdowns, but not what you expect from, from your number one guy. 100%. I mean, there were guys like Deontay Johnson proved that he can do what Juju was doing. He yeah. had the most receptions and the most targets. The and dropped the ball, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Juju goes to another team like that to get paid. Like what you're just saying, the same yeah. situation as Corey Davis where, you know, he wants to get his money's worth in the NFL while he can, strike while the iron's hot, eat while the eating's good, all of that, whatever fucking analogy you want to yeah. use. Yeah. But I see Juju going to a team like that, and really Jacksonville and Miami stick out the most for me with the, the Giants and the Niners also being viable options for yeah, him. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about the Niners. You know, they've had all these guys that are, that are kind of hybrid running back wide receiver guys that have all been injured and in and, and here and they're not in here and COVID here and whatever the situation may be. And they kind of need a, a solid 
solid number one guy. They do. They need that guy. They 100% I do. I could see, yeah, now speaking of that, I could see a Corey Davis going Corey out. Davis could easily go to San Fran and lead guys like Brandon Ayuk and uh, Debo Samuel yeah, in yeah, that charge. Ayuk yeah. in the slot, Samuel and Corey Davis on the outside. You're looking at a pretty fucking solid wide receiver right, core for San right, Fran. Right. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing the ball to him, but still. And you got George Kittle. Right, yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, maybe not Jimmy G <clears throat> next year. Maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> so run through the last couple names here on, on wide receiver. We got Marvin Jones, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown. He's going to be interesting to see where he goes. He does right. not want to go to Tampa Bay. Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, fucking stud. Yep, wherever he's he, only 29. Wherever he goes, he's going to be an absolute number one. Right. And then you got A.J. Green. Big names here, guys. Larry Fitz, Sammy Watkins, Nelson Aguilar, and D.D. Westbrook. Now, people kind of forgot about D.D. Westbrook, but he was injured all of last year. Right. The year before that, he had a fantastic year with Jacksonville yeah. with nobody throwing him the ball. And honestly, guys like Marvin Jones, Curtis Samuel, I 100% see them as targets for the Chiefs. But also, you know, they are sure-handed guys. Marvin Jones is on my Chiefs wish list because he doesn't drop the fucking ball, and he's a great red zone threat. So I'm, I'm really eager to see what happens with this wide receiver class. Let's move into tight end. The clear-cut number one tight end is Hunter Henry, without a doubt. Yeah, it sounds like he's going back to the Chargers. It does sound that way. Uh, you know, He's going to get a three-, four-year deal to stay with the Chargers, continue to pre- be that safety blanket for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Uh, they're going to want to surround him with as many weapons as possible. If that means keeping Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen on staff, they're going to fucking do it. Now, the rest of these guys, uh, outside of Rob Gronkowski, it's very likely that they are signing with new teams. Now, I think if Rob Gronkowski plays anywhere, it's going to be Tampa. Yeah, He's, he's not, not leaving Tampa, Tom Brady's he's side. Not, he's not playing. Right, he's not yeah. leaving Tom Brady's <laughs> yeah. side. He is attached at the hip with him. He knows that's the only way he's going to get a fucking ring, get a fucking free ride. I drafted that asshole this year, and he did shit all. So, Rob Gronkowski, Tampa, Hunter Henry, Chargers. Run us through the rest of those tight ends real quick. Robert Tunyon, I would... I don't know how Green Bay is not signing this guy back. He's an absolute stud. This guy's a beast. Johnny Smith with Tennessee. Kyle Rudolph, we talked about him a little bit earlier with Minnesota. Jared Cook in New Orleans is, is a free agent. Uh, Gerald Everett, is in. Um, he's a free agent out of uh, L.A. Rams. Jordan Reed, who had a hell of a last half of the season for San Francisco with uh, George Kittle going down. Tyler Eifert. Dan Arnold, Trey Burton. We got some other guys here, Mercedes Lewis and uh, Luke Stalker. But uh, as far as these guys, this list, I mean, you said earlier that this list is kind of compacted and there's like a top three. But the way I look at this list is these guys are, are very versatile. And there's, it's a very big class as far as what, these guys, what the ceiling is for this class of tight ends here. So Robert Tunyon, whoever gets that guy is going to have an absolute steal. Johnny Smith started the season so fucking hot last year and then just died off out of nowhere. and They didn't want to throw him the ball anymore. Well, both of those dudes were touchdown machines. To, you know, uh, Johnny Smith to start the year, and Tanyan, he was pretty consistent, but both of those guys are viable red zone threats. Yeah, and Kyle Rudolph's going to do the same. We've already talked about him a little bit. But right. Jordan Reed, I, like I was saying earlier, had a hell of a last half of the season with, with uh, George Kittle going down. <laughs> He's going to be another guy that... You know, a team that's missing that one piece or mm-hmm. missing, uh, you know, I can see somebody like New Orleans picking up uh, 
picking up Kyle Rudolph or picking up, you know, one of these guys and plugging them right into where they need to be and being that guy for that team. Right. Drew well, Brees needs somebody like that anyways. Yeah, he does. And, uh, you know, guys like uh, Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, who have dealt with a ton of injuries the last, you know, their entire career pretty much. Jordan Reed gets a concussion every other week and Kyle Ru- or, and Tyler Eifert tears his ACL every other year. So guys like that, uh, you know, they're going to be viable options when healthy. So I don't expect them to can't command a whole lot of money in the open market, but they are going to have a market. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, they're going somewhere. Uh, guys towards the end of the list that you mentioned, Dan Arnold, Trey Burton, they're still in the younger ends of their careers where they could con- contribute yeah. to a team. Trey where Burton showed that too. Right. As a number two option, uh, you know, maybe a team with an established tight end or or a team that you know, doesn't fully rely on the tight end position, even though that is something that's developing and evolving, of course. But, uh, you know, a lot of these guys on this list, uh, it is a little bit deeper. The only thing, the only reason why I'm not fully convinced in this class of free agent tight ends is because most of them are older than 30. That's a very good point. And when you see, when you look at the history of tight ends, you see their prime being up until 29, 30, 31, 32. Right. It's very similar trajectory that you see from running backs, where yep. after 30, you see a significant dip in production. And that's when you have to turn them into a blocking tight end, kind of like what Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis has become, Luke Stocker, those kind of guys. But I don't see Tyler Eifert chipping off the line. No, 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 no. Or Jordan Reed, because they get hurt. Yeah, and... Here's another point for those guys like that, though. They go somewhere. Let's say they stay healthy for 16 games. They're going to be a fucking good option for I whatever. I would be astonished if they stayed healthy for 16 games. Okay, well, there's your uh, <laughs> there's your fucking just a hunch for the day, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> if the over-under is 10 games, I'm taking the fucking under on those guys. I'm taking the over because it's probably at plus 500 or some stupid shit. <laughs> Bigger payout. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's move into O-line. Kick us off with offensive tackles, Dan. Yeah, man. I mean, we're really just going to focus on the big names here. Obviously, there's a lot of offensive linemen. It's hard to quantify stats for offensive linemen. you got to look at the the specifics here. But when you're looking at tackles, you got to look at guys like Trent Williams, who is well-established. He's a free agent from San Fran. Taylor Moten from Carolina, who's on the younger side of his career. Uh, Russell Okung. From Seattle, Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh, and Cam Robinson, who is a little bit younger from Jacksonville. Uh, These are guys who can jump in, be a bridge left tackle, or in the case of Trent Williams or Cam Robinson, you know, you could potentially have a starter for the next couple of years. Here's how I look at offensive linemen for the Chiefs Mm -hmm. is that you see these guys, majority of these guys stay healthy. Right. They they know how to stay healthy. They know how to train their bodies throughout the year and then particularly into the season to where they can weather the whole season and stay healthy cuz right. that's got to be a fucking job in itself staying oh, it's, healthy, being an offensive lineman. It's gruesome in there. So I see the the Chiefs is where I'm struggling with Brett Veach's comments that he wants to dive into O-line in the draft, which I'm perfectly fine with. But when you have an O-line class like this in the free agency, Take a fucking shot at these guys. Why wouldn't you take a stab at that least a couple? That is a hell of a... I mean, those five guys you, we got there for offensive tackle, that's a good class. That's a solid class. You can build a team around those guys for maybe three... You can get Trent Williams for three more years. For sure. You could get Russell Kung for, for three more years, maybe two. Yeah. 
So why not take a shot on those guys, pay them for one or two years, and and, and still draft the guy right. that you want? Or if you're going to draft a guy, you know, you could still sign a guy like Alejandro Villanueva, who is in, <clears throat> you know, he's 34. He maybe still has a year, maybe two tops left of his prime, not necessarily his prime, but, you know, starting caliber football. Right. That someone can develop behind him, and he's got great character. Right. He's a great character guy, a good locker room guy. 100%. Um, I don't know if Pittsburgh's going to let him walk. Uh, it's going to take a lot to keep him there, but if Kansas City were able to get a veteran like that to show the next lineman, the next wave of linemen the ropes, uh, they'd be very lucky to have him in their locker 100%. room. Two veteran tackles, and then you could draft young in the inside and, and even draft a, a young left tackle and, like you said, show him the fucking way, man. Right. Yeah. Run us into some guards and centers. Yeah, so guards and centers, you know, the interior linemen. You're looking at two guards specifically, Brandon Scherf, who is a free agent from Washington. I think they're going to re-sign him or tag him again. I mean, he is a uh, top-five guard in the league. Yep. And then Joe Tooney from New England. There's a solid chance that he gets re-signed as well, New England. Uh, typically frugal in the free agent market, but they have a lot of cap space to manipulate uh, with their free agent choices. And I think there's a very solid chance he sticks around. Now, with the centers, uh, you're looking at guys like Corey Lindsley, who could very well set the center market, uh, you know, 13, 14 million a year, yeah. former All-Pro, current reigning All-Pro center, if you want to call him that. He's first team. Uh, but Green Bay is pretty much said it's going to be difficult to keep him around, and other teams want him bad, and they're going to want him, especially if they're signing a new quarterback, drafting a new quarterback. They need to invest to protect that asset while they're young. Yeah, and what sucks for him is that being that that we're like we talked about earlier with the cap space being where it's at and the ceiling's so low, teams aren't going to want to pay what what he deserves, right? right. So he's going to end up on a team that doesn't deserve or where he can go somewhere and be be competitive. He's going to go somewhere where he's got fucking two two year guys and then two rookies, mm-hmm. and that O line's going to be shit, and mm-hmm. he's going to have a quarterback that's bottom bottom ten or whatever it may be, and he's going to get put into a bad position. I think. Yeah, I mean, even if it's a situation where they're not immediately competitive, I think you would consider it depending on the length of the deal and depending on the plan they lay out for him. I could see a Jacksonville situation there. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to try and play with Trevor Lawrence? I mean, the guy's been so fucking hyped up the last couple of years, or maybe he goes to a place like uh, the Chargers where he can protect Joe Herbo or uh, Justin (laughs) Herbert. (laughs) Justin (laughs) Herbert for the next few years um, because. Pouncey just retired over there. So, right. you know, that's a very likely situation where he goes to a team that maybe doesn't have a, an established track record of success the last couple of years. Uh, maybe they won't be very competitive this year, but they have a bright future ahead of them. 100%, yeah. Other guys you're going to want to look at who are on the later end of their careers, David Andrews with New England. Ted Karras is still relatively young with Miami, but, you know, not much time left. And then Alex Mack in particular is the oldest center on this list uh, from Atlanta Falcons. He spent time in Cleveland as well. Um, Former All-Pro, multiple-time Pro pro Bowler, great offensive lineman. He is 36. Um, So whether he continues his NFL career remains to be seen, but he could go in somewhere as a a late off-season signing. Uh, and then you're also looking at somebody who's a former Super Bowl champ, Austin Reeder, who, you know, he got a lot of flack because he was part of that offensive line that totally fucked up in Super Bowl. But if you look at his PFF grades, the guy didn't allow a ton of sacks or pressures the last two years he's been the starter here in Kansas City. And you can attribute that to Andy Heck, 
the Chiefs offensive line coach and what we've been able to do at center. It's kind of been a revolving door where we bring a center in, they play out their rookie deal here in Kansas City, and then we let them walk so that the next center can fill in. I mean, we started with Rodney Hudson, moved into Mitch Morrison, then Austin Reeder, the last right, right, you know right, three right. centers we've had. So That's a hell of a timeline. Yeah, I mean, and there's a chance we br- we have another guy who's waiting in the wings, or we bring another guy in through the draft to to be our next center. Um, so the Chiefs, again, I think, are going to be fine. Yeah, and then you look again at what Brett Veach said in the next or the first four rounds of the draft. He wants to look at O line, so focusing on it. Yeah, so. Um, Alex Mack is playing some fucking Jeff Saturday kind of football here. Right, maybe. Guy's 87. (laughs) (laughs) And he can still make the Pro Bowl if he wants to, you know. 100%. He's just got that popularity, uh, you know, as a center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that wraps up the offense, the offensive segment of free agency of what we're looking at right now. Next week, we're obviously going to hit the defensive segment, and then, like I said, we're going to move into what the draft is going to look like for each team. At that time, we should have a pretty good fucking idea of what we're looking at as far as each team, what the free agents look like. Um, come here in 15 days, people are going to be signing with football teams, right? So, yeah. This is what uh, this is what we're seeing. Now we're going to move into a new segment that Dan and I created this week. <laughs> it is called Just a Hunch, huh? and Just it's hunch. just that. <laughs> we have no fucking facts. We have no idea what we're talking about. We're going to throw out something there that might be true here in the next uh, day or two. Might be true here in the next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens at the start of the season. Uh, this is something we want you guys to get involved with as 100%. well. So, you know, we're going to promote this on social media. We want you guys to hashtag these things. Hashtag just a hunch on Twitter or IG. And if you want to put your hunches out there for us, we'll try and feature you on the show next week when we run this segment again. This is going to be a reoccurring theme throughout the off season. So get involved. Tell us what you think. We want you guys involved in this fucking show. Hell yeah. So do it. Trey, you want to start us off with your hunch, or you want me to tell you what I'm thinking? No, I'll, I'll kick it off here. <laughs> so uh, my hunch this or right now is that Drew Brees does not retire. Drew mm. Brees goes to the NFC Championship mm. next year, and Adrian Peterson rushes for 1,000 yards next year. Double hunch for the first day? Yes. Double oh down, gosh. baby. Double down. No facts needed, too. I see the, I see the Drew Brees re-signing. And the NFC Championship is a lofty goal, but if anyone can do it, it's fucking Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. As for AP rushing for a thousand yards, let's get it. That's that one is if that's we're a- if we're going bold, bolder, boldest. That's boldesterist. <laughs> <laughs> that's the the epitome of bold, right All there. All right. My hunch. Give it to me. I think that our boy Alex Smith is going to sign a one year deal with Chicago, so he's going to the Bears, okay. playing that situation. But not only will he sign in Chicago, it's going to convince another top free agent in the market to re-sign with Chicago. And by re-sign, I mean Allen Robinson's coming back okay. to play with Alex Smith in that offense with David Montgomery running the ball in a viable defense on the other side of the field. I think they have a really good shot to go back to the playoffs if, if the, all that goes to fruition. And I've got them going to the wild card round. That is like a real hunch. Like that could that's plausible. Mine's like a fucking myth. Somebody's gonna tell in twenty years. <laughs> hey, I think that if that were a parlay, the first leg's definitely hitting. The second and third leg, 
Maybe the second leg hits. The third leg's going to be tough, but your odds are probably plus 2,500. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Put a five spot down on that. Yeah, I mean, go somewhere that uh, if Adrian Peterson goes somewhere that they don't have any passing game at all, like quarterbacks throwing 1,500 yards, Adrian Peterson's running 1,000 yards, He could bro. go to the Jets and run for 1,000 yards. Yeah. <laughs> if Brent Gore can do it, Adrian Peterson can God do it. Goddamn right. <laughs> Goddamn right. Well, that's our that's our hunches. Hashtag just, just a hunch. Share it on Twitter. Share it on IG. We're gonna make some posts, <clears throat> you know, so to remind you guys. Yeah, we'll kick um, off the first one. Yeah, to do that, and we'll we'll continue to post those things, talk about them here on the show. We want you guys to be involved, of course. Um, so let's do it, man. That's the show. That's what we got for you, episode 12. We've got 12 fucking episodes out of this show. I can't believe it. The dirty dozen. The dirty dozen, baby. Give us a follow on IG if you haven't done so already. Check us out. Share the links. Anytime you see us post, share it. You know, we always appreciate that. We want people to uh, get involved with this show. The good thing about, you know, the Fastest 40, you know, we are centric on the Chiefs a lot of times, but we love hearing the input from other fans in the league, and we want to be able to expand to those audiences and really deliver that neutral content to you guys as well. We really just pay homage to our home team when we do Chiefs talk, things like that. But for the most part, we're talking just NFL in general. And we're going to give you non-biased opinions, whether it's Chief or not. So, uh, you know, share that out. We appreciate everything that you listeners do for the show. And uh, Trey, you got anything else for these guys? Yeah, I want everybody listening to buy a shirt. I want everybody to buy a sticker. I want everybody to buy a koozie. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of that, if you guys want to hear something on the show... Um, be sure to bring it up to Dan and I. If uh, there's, you know, there's some kind of segment that you've thought about, and then uh, you want to plug it into the show, or there's something we missed throughout the, our talk here on offensive free agents or whatever fuck it may really? be, say something. Bring it up. Call us out if yeah. you don't agree with us. I mean, be that's 100 what yeah, we, we want to hear it. So uh, the only way to know more about the NFL or know about more about what you're talking is to talk to people about it. So, bring that shit up to Dan and I. We like talking sports. I mean, believe it or not, the only times Dan and I only talk or the only times Dan and I talk sports is not on the podcast. Yeah. We talk sports all the fucking <laughs> all time. All the fucking time. So, if you want to talk sports, fucking hit us up. Let's talk sports. Constant screenshot yeah. exchanges <laughs> yeah, right. and text messages yeah. and shit like that. I actually, this is a proven fact. I send Dan a hunch once a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much a fact. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. And I would say he's probably 30% win rate which if you think about a hunch that's pretty fucking successful per day yeah a hunch per day that's good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys that's all i got um let's sign off here dan uh everybody have a good fucking week let's roll into march the weather's getting nice drink some day beers let's Damn get right. after it yeah these next two fucking nights are gonna be great let's get hype see you later